2: This hour is brought to you by Vasectomy Clinics of Chicago.
0: You know, I, I've been watching this game probably longer than you've been born. I have people at work call me Sports Illustrated and everything else.
2: Sports Illustrated used to be a thing, and it's just funny that this—we uh, had the coincidence of the fact that I had these bags that I've been going through of not just old Sports Illustrateds, but like notebooks from my college classes. I found a program from a three-on-three tournament, the Shoot the Bull three-on-three tournament that I played in, and in the newsletter, you know who one of the writers is? Casey Johnson. Yes, Casey Johnson was like a a college intern or whatever it was writing these stories in the Shoot the Bull newsletter. I've got so many things in there, and I can't wait to start bringing them in now in this, in the content desert that we're in for the next couple of weeks. i got some cool stuff.
0: I do like that little Bulls Fest thing that they do in the summer. I think that that's cool, along with the tournaments that are played. I think that's a really good idea on a way to like kick off
2: the season by the Bulls. But, but seeing the Sports Illustrateds and just the nostalgia of what some – and remembering so many of the covers and remembering walking out to the mailbox on a Thursday with that feeling of – The Sports Illustrated is here, and it was a the subscription was a present from my paternal grandfather when I was what was the year seventy six. So I was, I was seven years old, and it was whatever year Mark the Bird Fidrich was the thing, and he was on the cover, and it was just the biggest deal. Like that was my first grown up magazine subscription.
0: Well, Sports Illustrated covers like because the photography had always been the best of our profession. Like if if, if it was a status symbol, if you made it onto the cover of sports illustrated, it was a way to mark history of, well, when is LeBron going to be on the cover and how many covers will he be on? And is, is that a way for us to measure his, the way that, that he's reigned over the NFL, the way that Michael Jordan has
2: it's, It was always like a thing. So it's what was the national zeitgeist? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and but so what I'm wondering now, now that I I raised a a crazy sports fan kid, and he, we had cards, but he didn't really collect cards. You know, we'd get him football cards or basketball cards or baseball cards, and I we we have an unopened set of his birth year, several unopened sets. I believe he's just going to keep. I don't even know which rookies are in there. But those are still sealed still in the plastic. you're just gonna hang on to them. But he never had stuff. There was never other than actual sports equipment. There wasn't these there weren't these ways. There weren't like, I, I'm, I think we have to be careful because
0: I, I'm not sure that we know. Um, I mean, you're probably better suited to talk about it. It's just a different, it doesn't feel like they have the same type of time capsule. Capability that maybe we had, where we're talking about Sports Illustrated covers, newspaper
2: clippings. But as, as marking points. Right. And, and when you cut it out and pinned it to your wall, that's different than saving it on your phone. When every night you go into your room and you finish your homework and you can go back to Sports Illustrated, and then, or maybe there's something in the picture, something cool that you see, and you cut it out and you stick it on your wall, that's there for years. Until the, the the corners of it are yellowing, that's part of your life.
3: Oh yeah, I mean, I've moved twenty times, and I still kept Sports Illustrateds that were handed down to me. Mm. You
2: still have them? Like I,
3: yeah, I mean, my collection used to be absolutely ridiculous. Like some of the I, I had to throw a lot of all my stuff into a storage unit in Houston when I was uh, moving out of Houston when I got laid off there, and I. I got rid of probably half my collection, unfortunately. Like, I had the Carrie Wood, like, 2004 cover where we're asking if the Cubs were, if that was the Cubs' year. I got rid of a lot of it, but I saved the Cowboys and the Jordan covers. So, like, I have the the cartoon illustration of Jordan, you know, are the Bulls so bad? They're are so good, they're bad for the NBA. Like, I have all the commemorative Cowboys. I even got, like, the Rangers one when they went to the World Series in 2011. And. You know, when you move that much, that's the stuff that you really. You're only bringing what you really deem important.
2: I had the Jordan cover that just sold for one hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars.
3: Which one was that? A
2: Star Is Born, the one where he's elevating over Mike Dunleavy.
3: You yeah, said
2: that, you had it. What happened to it? I don't know. They're just not there. It's not in this. I mean, I've got some old Jordan covers. The coolest things that I had that I went through. I have every, and they're in, in incredible condition. I have every issue that featured the Bears in 85, except I haven't found yet. I have, I have the Bears on the prowl, which is Jim McMahon throwing the pass in the white uniform after the win over the Niners. I've got Jim McMahon in the playoffs against the Rams falling into the end zone by the pylon. I have Chicago's D spells doom for the Patriots. Think about that. The pre-Super Bowl cover of Sports Illustrated. Headline. Chicago's D spells doom for the Patriots. And it did. Of course it did. And then I have the the one that came out after they won, that just with Dan Hampton with his fist in the air, and it says Superman. And those are all in perfect condition. But they, they've got my sticker on it, so they're not really worth anything.
3: But the point is, it means something to you. Yeah. And it's Damn about right it you remembering the feeling you had when you saw it and what you remember about watching your favorite team or reading an article that stuck with you. And they shared information. You know, they taught us things. If you were like me and you didn't grow up with a huge sports fan in the house, that's how you learn. And it was, from, another, but you're
2: learning from Frank the Ford, yeah, and was, from Gary Smith.
0: And it was an opportunity yeah. to read something that you Rick were Riley interested in too.
3: Was, Rick Riley was probably the most formative, just based on my lifetime and like my age of learning and like i i was the oldest so my brother played soccer behind me you know if i wanted to learn more about the cowboys i had to watch games and read all the articles i could find and they weren't as easily findable
0: well it, and for, i think
3: that's why we attach ourselves to this
0: for me it was like a nice break from academia where it was one of those things that i was allowed to read that didn't have to do with school where my parents would say, "Okay, the, there, there's a list of things that you can have," and then as you got older, that list expands. Like when you're super young, it's like you can read highlights. I loved highlights.
3: Oh yeah, I mean, I, I Goofus
0: I, was my guy.
3: Highlights. Not, not Goon. Yeah, he's
0: kind of an ass kisser, you know. I oh. know this is gonna shock yeah. you
3: two zero, but I loved National Geographic for kids.
2: See, there it is. Yeah, I think, I think highlights and ranger rick you remember ranger rick magazine i don't think i ever got R- ranger ranger rick. ranger rick was my first subscription sort of an outdoorsy kind of nature science magazine and i got that but but when i got si that was an arrival that was i felt like a like a big kid because that was not a kid's magazine
3: no and i just also remember questioning why they took such an editorial stance on certain things like do you remember the why the University of Miami should drop football cover?
0: Yes, it, it's funny because you know I'm I've been trying to convince Tony Gill to to take up the the University of Chicago like history thing and I think he's going to. And that to me is is that story is connected to it because that's what the University of Chicago ended up doing for 30 years they shuttered division 1 big ten football program because partially because there was a battle between the athletics department and the academics and they were trying to answer this question in the for, in the 1940s about how much power should an athletic department have over a university and in the 80s and early 90s that same question was mm-hmm. being asked about the University of Miami, and I want to see there's a Donna Shalala connection there, she too. She was president. She was president of, of the University of Miami, but I think there's a University of Chicago connection with her, ah. too. I'd have to look that Somebody up. Somebody
2: asked me, do you have the Bears cover of the 44 nothing win over Dallas? That's the only one I haven't found yet. If I could find that one, that would be the full set of 85 Bears SI covers. I know I had it. And I'm still going through some of this stuff because I'm finding the other magazine that, I mean, I mean, I had multiple subscriptions after the SI one, but my National Lampoons, I don't know what they're worth. But these are like vintage, vintage National Lampoons with articles by John Hughes and Tony Hendra and the original writers there.
3: And I think as we get older, the question of what it's worth because of how society has changed, is going to become less and less about what it's worth on an open market if you want to sell it, but more and more about what it's worth to you. And somebody nailed it, I think, earlier in the text when they talked about having semi-hoarder parents.
2: Mm. Mm
3: -hmm. Yes. We all do, at least at our age and our generation, because of what their parents went through. Right. Savers,
2: not necessar- savers, not necessarily hoarders.
3: I, But there's a fine line. And you know I joke all the time about Antiques Roadshow being the gateway drug. But when it comes to living through something traumatic and how you saw that passed on to the generation who's shaping all of policy right now. Down to how big our houses are and how much room we have to store things.
0: It's so funny because I've moved what twice in the last three years four years right and i realized when i was in the closet and i have a closet in my garage and i'm like oh this is the stuff that i just move with me it doesn't really like there's sentimental value to some of the stuff but it just kind of it it doesn't even have to be reboxed up like if i were to move again they could just come get it and right. it's just like that stuff and you go do I need? Do I actually need this stuff?
3: And also, what does that stuff symbolize? Because of how your parents taught stuff, symbolizing things meant to you.
2: That's interesting, and I also think it's fascinating how kids now, especially hardcore sports fans, when they grow up, what will be the touchstones? And I literal the touchstones. That to me, it's about how the tangible nature of things. And it's one thing if your phone, your memories, or Facebook sends you a memory, or something pops up, and say, "Hey, remember this?" Because it's something that you remembered to to snap a picture of or something like that. But it's I'm probably not a neutral example, but I know when my son if I, if he opens a drawer, it's all of his various game pucks for hockey games that have a date and an achievement written on them, game balls for baseball with a game and an achievement written on them. But but, but that's at
0: a micro level. And That's also for his own. Like, right, I'm, that's what I mean. Right, like I, That's not the macro level of sport itself. Right. And we could expand this conversation to talk about music.
2: Like, oh, yep. when we used to go down to, to Lori's Records and get the WLS top, whatever it is, you know, the, the AM top List That was a Chicago thing. You'd go to Rainbow Records in Highland Park. You go to your local record store. And I have some of those, too, where I would save the fact that my Sharona was was number one again.
3: I do think that I like that there aren't as many gatekeepers now. There's no doubt about that in my mind. I like that it's not one media entity telling you to act and who you should cheer for and who's important. I like that there are many options. We have benefited from that. And I know that many hold skepticism and an attitude toward it, but our data bears it out. So that's where I start. Lawrence, but, when
2: you say music, though, do you mean like actual cassette
3: tapes yeah, and, albums yes. and albums and an and, and, and and
2: and album covers? You could even expand it into magazines because I used to be somebody who would go and sure, Sports Illustrated was something I was interested in, but like I couldn't afford, my family didn't afford the like a subscription. So I got to go sometimes to pick up a, a magazine if I thought it was like a cool cover. So yeah, Sports Illustrated, but also the Source, Double yes. like hip hop magazines. That's what I was really into too.
3: Well, and and to me, it's the question is how are you gonna how are you going to record your memory, right? And like when you talk about downsizing, it's hard for a lot of people, like our parents' age, for example, their parents' age, because. The stuff has so much meaning to them. And, and it's hard to translate the concept of you can keep the memory. But how are you keeping the memories now without the stuff?
0: Yeah. And and like what how does it elicit? Like anytime that I, I'll go into those containers and I'll be like, oh wow, like here's a here's a picture from high school, or I haven't thought about that person in forever. And I actually have like a picture in my hand. is one of the things I did for Christmas this year was I use a called mixed tiles. There were pictures that I had on my phone and I'm like, these pictures should live in people's houses. Like they should be able to see them without scrolling. So there's this great picture of my brother, his son and his son at a basketball game. And like that picture just means a lot. And so I gave it to my brother as a Christmas present so he could proudly display it and that he doesn't kind of have to try and figure out, well, wait, what year was that on the phone and go into the album? There's something about like having something that, that that is within your reach, which is tangible, you know, a touchstone that, that I feel like is still valuable. Now maybe there are people who feel like it's less valuable and trust me, like the digital, I'm big on the digital too. It's just that there are some things, I say it to people all the time. Like, folks will post stuff on Instagram, and I'm like, that's a frameable picture. Like, don't just leave it to Instagram. That's something that, that's an artifact that you should just have. 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 Instead of it being a digital artifact that you might lose, depending on, hell, the dude that's in charge of Instagram is in front of Congress right now.
2: Talking about stuff.
0: Yeah,
3: you never know when your free storage is no longer free. I I also think
2: there's something to be said when you see a, when you find a a photograph or when you find a newspaper or a magazine to get a sense of time because it's aged. The digital images themselves, they don't age. Uh, The people in them age. But they don't really degrade. Like in like, some cases, but you they can degrade. tell you
3: find new ways to identify age. You do. It's kind of like how people now think overly fillered faces look old. Yeah. We used to associate wrinkles with old. We're always gonna find the way how. That's like true. there's a reason the kids want the nineties aesthetic back, you know, like I, you didn't live that life, kids. You don't know. You don't know that we had no filters and, like, bad pictures and you had to wait for them to get developed. Yeah, but the but point the, is, the there's a... only place
0: I go back to, though.
3: But now it's identified by, like, the trend and, and how it's put together. And we can have a whole discussion about the the ridiculously short cycle of trends now and the corporate machines that are, that are making those happen. But...
2: But what are our kids going to throw out?
3: Right. Well, I mean... Are they gonna or maybe have, not throw up? Can do they even have their own real estate to throw things out? I mean, we just did a story talking about what could potentially be MC Hammer's storage unit that wasn't even his. I, I really fail to believe that masters like that would be stored in a storage unit all willy-nilly, but you just don't know.
0: Seven oh eight Texas says, Lawrence, does your brother still have all his house records? Of course. Also, he's got all of his record records. Like his his house is basically a shrine to vinyl. And I'm convinced that it's part of the reason that he won't move because he doesn't want anyone to move his records, which I get. Yeah. Because has she had him appraised? Yeah. I mean, if he has, it's, it's, I mean, it's literally like you walk into his house and it's every wall. He's like, he kind of did the same thing that my dad did with books, with records. And it's, it's amazing. And again, shout out to Tom, who was the manager at the the Benny's in Orland, because he came up to me and was like, he's one of those people that don't know that Braxton, didn't know that Braxton and I are related. And then he figured it out. And he's like, wait a second here. I have all of your
3: brother's records.
0: And I was like, he appreciates that. So I do, do I. think
3: there's been a somewhat like pendulum swing back into the buying of physical music and DVDs because as we see streaming start to streamline, you're seeing people try to have a tangible copy for themselves.
0: I don't know if if people and studs, you could probably help me out with this. I think Ray and I are probably aligned in this. I don't know if album covers and liners were as big of a deal to you than it is for those of us that like grew up with hip hop as like our primary because you wanted to know like who produced that record or you know what i mean or or if you're going into like some of the r&b stuff you wanted to know like what what record was that who wrote that where is that the, is there anything similar when it came to 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 rock music for you like were you looking as a drummer were you looking at stuff
2: well, no, if there was anything I was looking at as a drummer, I would your a listener have to look up the, the bars for it, but the only thing, like, when it came to, like, the album covers that I liked were if they had the lyrics in it. Mm-hmm. Right. That was because it wasn't as easily, it, you couldn't just Google on your phone, you had to use dial-up internet if you even had it then, so that's the only way you could figure out, like, hey, I can't figure out what the line of the second chorus is Excuse me while I kiss this guy.
0: <laughs>
3: right, of, exactly. Mm-hmm. So sure. it would
2: but it would be on the album cover. But other than that, I never re- like that's the only thing I really used it for. I love the 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 insides of albums like the double albums, the fold-outs and all that stuff. Well people use that for weed. Well the, but just <laughs> when you would <laughs> they listen did. but when you would listen to a whole album. It's how you you built your scheme. It's how you built your associations. This is before music videos. Right. It was the art yes. of the, the album visual, cover. The visual component was what you had. And like when Pink Floyd's The Wall came out, and you're like, whoa, what are these hammers? And what is this all? Like with the symbolism and the artwork and all that. That's all you had. Or, or even my parents' generation when Sergeant Pepper Came mm-hmm. out, and there were all these mysteries and conspiracy theories of this hand is over Paul's head, and all of the people that were depicted on, on the Sgt. Pepper cover. That when you listen to the album, you're and to this day, those songs come back, and what you're picturing in your head are still things that were sitting there on your lap because you couldn't just click and, and know absolutely everything or more than you wanted to about your
3: band. The- I also remember, though, there was a time where. There were articles being written about how music videos had become too expensive and the sets had become ridiculous and the the CGI had become outrageously pricey. And this is before people consume most of those things on their phone. So so they got like cinematic, like mm-hmm. you you knew exactly who the director it, was, it was so always the video hype Williams, hype Williams yeah. of course. Like, everything with Janet was amazing. Like, there was a Scream video with her and Michael, and that that reportedly was super expensive. And then it went away because the technology changed.
0: Yeah, the CBA on it was, was really, really lopsided. Let's take a break. I want to talk about the actual Sports Illustrated and what it means and what it now means or doesn't mean. That's next on The Score.
2: Call from mom.
0: Answer it. Call silenced
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Bernstein and Holmes. Middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station.
2: Matt Mervis's walk up music.
3: How is he Mervis? doing?
0: And will he ever be seen again? Probably hey, the Cubs signed a guy. Hey, maybe get. maybe he's their first baseman because they don't have one oh, as it stands. Yeah,
2: it'll be Morel or it'll be Michael Bush. I don't know. Morel,
3: or Nick Madrigal. Mervis, Mendick, Madrigal. Stop, <laughs> and <Mendit>. Nicky Delmonico. <laughs> so you
2: were saying about actual Sports Illustrated and its sad demise.
0: Well the it's another like sad like data point in our relationship with sports illustrated and it's i was thinking the other day like i follow sports illustrated because they have they still until what had happened had happened had some great writers and you see a story like oh that's really interesting and they're given the leeway to to go a little bit deeper like one of the the best stories that I read in 2023 was Sports Illustrated doing four pages on NIL at Michigan and how Michigan really went in on NIL, that everyone there was prepared. They were ahead of the game. And so it hasn't been – it wasn't as uncomfortable for Jim Harbaugh as it was for other coaches, some of which who have retired – Partially because of that. So there was still great journalism. There was still great photography that was out there. But it losing its place as kind of the the magazine of record when it came to sport is so sad and and discouraging, quite honestly. I know that, that we'll talk about it a lot from... The standpoint of what we do for a living. And there's consolidation taking place in every facet of what it is that we do. Now, there's some good that comes from that. I think that it's great that there are a lot more people that are doing videos and podcasts and that they're doing stuff specifically on TikTok or Instagram.
2: Also, the very idea of cutting down trees to mash them up and cover them with ink and then use fossil fuels to propel them places There's a really solid argument against doing that. Correct.
3: I was also going to add when I was talking about the at least immediate democratization of who you're getting your news from. What worries me is the corporate gatekeeping of where they decide to put their money behind which media. It used to be about like how you chose to consume it. And that's always, that's what scares me about, at least this time is, well, there's no more money in newspapers, so you're just not going to have them.
0: I I worry... Look, the three of us probably think too hard about a lot of these issues. I feel like I worry more about what happens to the consumer than the consumer.
3: Yeah, of course. I mean, and society. There's that whole, you know, fourth estate thing.
0: Yeah, because because we can look at it from the inside and go, oh, that's... Every company is is trying to figure out ways to to keep their soul like what it is that whatever their mission statement or whatever they're hanging on to as their mission statement and it just becomes more and more difficult as you see more people not being able to to live well enough most people who get involved in in any form of journalism don't think that it's going to make them rich because the truth is Most people who work in journalism don't ever get rich working in journalism. But seeing that there are so many people now that are like, "Eh, you know what? I'm going to go take these skills and do something else with them instead of working in this. And seeing the demise of Sports Illustrated, not that it wasn't foretold. I, I think everyone who was looking from the outside and a few people from the inside were like, that's going to fail. And it's going to fail miserably, and it did in in an embarrassing fashion. It still hurts that it failed because of what, what SI, what Sports Illustrated meant to any of us who
2: love sports. That's why I'm so proud of the folks at The Defector. I'm so proud of them, of David Roth and Drew McGarry and Lauren Thiessen and everybody else who – Let go from the the collapse of old great dead spin at the hands of of lunkheaded private equity for them to form their own company where they own it, they operate it, and they've all found a way to make a, a decent living doing what they do and producing outstanding, intelligent content for the smartest, most discerning consumer.
3: And Craig Alcaterra did that by himself. He
2: did. And after he did. He, so, so did after Darnell. After got
3: let like, go. Oh, yeah.
2: Yep. And there's, here's a thought here that was sent in from a listener named uh, Peggy. Peggy says, as a nurse educator, I did many lectures about neurological injuries. And I often would say, here's the latest information from my favorite journal coming out every Thursday. Was it the New England Journal of Nursing, the Journal of the American Medical Association? They're published weekly on Thursdays. no. It was Sports Illustrated. Yep. Outstanding articles explaining difficult neurotopics. Secondary impact syndrome, talking about the death of the high school football player in California. Posterior cerebral circulation dissection. A young child hit by a puck at a hockey game. Post-concussion syndrome. Chronic, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Mental illness. Outstanding explanations. Great medical diagrams. Investigative reporting and editorials. I will miss reading sports articles it matter. The stuff that they even did with Demar Hamlin. You know th- th- right. that tradition
0: continued even through last year. So it's it's a it's sad. Like it's really really
3: sad. And and for those of us who just wanted to know more about about your team and about the history and you had a first generation parent who didn't grow up following the Cowboys or football or you were the oldest in your family and you didn't have an older sibling. If you wanted to find more information out about that, if you wanted to learn about the history, how are you going to do it? And that's, that's for some of us, that's how we learn.
0: And as I mentioned in the, the previous segment, what I take away from it, like my connection with Sports Illustrated that I think will have, a, the, have the, the longest impact on me is the photography. And what the photography did to explain how good the athletes were that you were seeing it in, Great point. In, in a way that you're like, how is that? How can one make one's body do that? How can, how can Simone Biles do that?
2: And also, I remember, do you remember the famous shot of Ben Johnson? Yes. And his, there was a bulge in his deltoid. And people looked at it and said, that doesn't look right. That's not natural. From an SI picture. And then
0: they went and researched it. And it it
2: turned
3: out it wasn't. And that's
0: how we got Carl Lewis singing the national Mm -hmm. anthem.
3: I'll make up for it now.
0: He didn't, though. He never did. (laughs) He said that he was going to, but he never quite got there. Uh Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) Uh-oh. It's such a great fight. I never get tired of it.
3: And the rock is red Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I'll make up for it now.
0: Let's talk about Caitlin Clark. She's and, here.
3: And now he coaches track.
0: You know who I saw the other night, Dan? I was going to text oh, you. <laughs> Not him. <laughs> oh, boy. I'll make up for it now. You, you would never
2: do that. Let me guess. Is <laughs> it as good as Jason Goff running into Biz Marquis at Mariano's? What? Yeah. It, no, it, I didn't run into
0: this person. I just saw him. Oh. And it, it's a former bull. And a former television
2: star. A former bull and a former television star. Mm hmm. Mickey Johnson. is Reggie Theus. Oh, Reggie, the us. Reg- I used to run into Mickey Johnson all the time. Really? Yes. Where? At a radio station that I worked at.
0: <laughs> Why was Mickey Johnson? <laughs> because he was on he the Mad Cal has- show.
2: No, 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 no. He has his he at the time, I don't know if he still does. I hope he still does. He had his own um extermination company. Mickey? Yeah. Wait, Reggie Theus? come over and take care of the bugs from Hangtime?
0: Yeah, that Reggie Theus from Hangtime. He's he's now the athletic director at, at Bethune-Cookman and the head basketball coach.
2: And he was a, a Boers and Bernstein basketball expert.
3: Yeah,
0: Hangtime.
3: They were just on ESPN, the Bethune basketball That's, that's where I saw him, and I was like, oh, my God, it's Reggie Theus. I didn't notice that part. Yeah. I had to write highlights or something such. Is
2: he still impossibly handsome? Yes, he is.
0: Age? Yes, he is. And it connects with our favorite subject, those Miami teams, because I think he tried to hire Ed Reed to be the football coach at Bethune Cookman.
3: He did. I thought you were going to say, like, the Zach Morris's trash part. Zach Morris Saturday is trash.
0: Morning TV. We got to talk about Caitlin Clark. We'll do that next here on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for
1: your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2. On Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. In Odyssey Station. If you're a Bears fan, we've got
2: you covered. Latest updates and discussion on the Bears with the offseason underway. Download the Odyssey app, search for 670 to score, and tap follow to receive alerts on our Bears coverage. And if you can't get enough Bears coverage, check out the Take the North podcast with David Haw and Dan Wiederer breaking down the biggest storylines for the offseason. Follow Take the North on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. What is the get-in price for tonight's game of Iowa at Northwestern. 230.
3: It was 176 on Monday, so price has gone up. J-
0: Justin Kaufman, I saw a piece that he did on Axios on it. I think it was like two two thirty-five or two thirty-six, something like that. But the the price, if you want the the court side, is like fourteen hundred. Ooh. Hey, th- what? You
3: know, I saw eighteen hundred and seventy-three dollars. That's a lot of Stub dollars Hub for each ticket.
0: That's a lot of dollars.
2: That's but, a lot, but she is a sensation, Caitlin you Clark. You could see her put up 40 tonight. What is she averaging, 32?
3: Mm-hmm. Something like that? It's, But it's the other stuff. She had some line the other day, and it was like 33, 10, 7, and like, five, or like two steals or something.
0: You talk about a force multiplier. Like, that's that's what it it looks like. And she's a lot of fun to watch, and she just kind of occasionally will just black out, and and then she's just like,
2: oh, she just hit one from 30 feet. She goes into God mode, and it's just Mm -hmm. like, you're too far back. What do you mean I'm too far back? She just crossed half court. Yeah, you're you're too far back.
3: You're too far
0: back. back. Nope. She's going to make that shot. So it's on my list of things to watch tonight. I'm looking forward. I can't afford to get in, but... Here you go. You can get two tickets
2: for row one, section CS, $3,900. Oh,
3: good. $3,900. That's
2: It's right there for you. All right.
3: And this, by the way, this is why NIL is a good thing. Yep. Because those tickets shouldn't go for more than what people should earn for being that good as adults.
2: Most expensive ticket in the history of Northwestern basketball? By a mile, right? I don't
3: know.
0: I mean, I used to pay big money to go see Tim Young back in the day.
2: That was Evan Eschmeyer years. There were a lot of them. Oh, I remember
3: when he was on the Mavericks. But I uh, all
2: five minutes.
3: It was listen. At that point, fans were just happy to have a full roster of players with NBA experience. Okay, you had to start somewhere in the early Dirk, Steve Nash years. All right, like we don't we don't talk about it.
0: All right, Layla's got to go, and we got to do a line change. So do your Super Bowl promo.
2: Join 670 the score in Circa Sports, Illinois, for the big game party on Sunday, February 11th at Benchmark in Old Town. Mully and Haw, Bernstein, Holmes, and Rahimi and Parkinson Spiegel will be broadcasting live from 12 to 3 p.m., getting you ready for the big game between Kansas City and San Francisco. You must have at least $100 in your Circa Sports, Illinois app to attend. Doors open at noon. There will be live entertainment at complimentary game day bites. Maybe I'll give you one. Go to circusports.com to sign up for the invite and more info. Transition is next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Here. Only at T Mobile get four
0: iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.